Hey everybody, it's Norm Farrar, aka The Beard Guy here. Welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Okay, in today's episode, we're going to be doing something special. I got a special guest, Kevin King, and he's going to be talking about uh, Amazon. It's just going to be a Q&A, Ask Me Anything session that uh, Kevin and I uh, will be talking about. A lot of people have already sent in some questions. But it's just going to be news, tips, updates, anything you'd like to talk about today. So welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Okay, we're going to try to make it work. We are still in Austin after our event and uh, Kelsey's in the lobby. I'm, I'm in the hotel and Kevin is at home. So uh, we're going to try to make this thing work. It looks like it's going to be fine. But uh, today we're going to be, as I mentioned, talking with uh, Kevin King uh, about questions. And it's, it's going to be an Ask Me Anything session. We've already got a bunch of questions submitted. So if you do have questions, please submit them as soon as possible. So our guest, if you don't know Kevin, uh, mentors sellers collectively and does over half a billion dollars in sales on Amazon. And uh, he's also uh, known for free t uh, Freedom Ticket and Helium 10 Elite Masterminds. He also organizes one of the best uh, events out there called Billion Dollar Seller Summit. And he is a regular podcast guest. My buddy, the king of Amazon, Kevin King. He'll be coming to us shortly. But first, let's have a word from our sponsor. Have you got as far as you can using automated tools to manage your advertising, but know that there's so much more you could be doing? Maybe you don't know where to start or how to improve your Amazon advertising. Why not talk to Clear Ads, an Amazon certified partner with over five years of experience in moving beyond automation campaigns to sophisticated and proven advertising approaches that are far more effective for larger scale Amazon sellers. ClearAds prides itself on being an extension of your business, providing insights into how to achieve results and ensures that you are able to understand the approaches taken and how they work for your business. Talk to ClearAds today and let them know you heard about them on the Lunch with Norm podcast and get a free audit and see how ClearAds can work with you to build your business today. All right, we're going to try to see how, if Kelsey can get to us today. Hello, everyone. Hey, it's Kelsey. Uh, I'm in the lobby, so I hope um, it's not too loud for anyone, but um, I'm going to keep it short today, so make sure. <laughs> Yeah, so I hope he's on a timeout. Yeah, so I hope everyone's doing well. Um, remember to smash those like buttons, give us a thumbs up if you enjoy today's episode. And um, I can see we already have some questions coming in uh, live. Uh, we had a couple of people already send us questions in beforehand, so we'll get to those as well. Uh, but these episodes tend to be uh, pretty busy, so make sure you get your questions in beforehand. And uh, if you haven't yet, make sure you join our Facebook group, Lunch with Norm, Amazon FBA and e-commerce collective. That's where all the fun happens. That's where you can ask questions to Norm and I and the rest of the community. And um, yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet today. And I think that's it. All right. Well, just wanted to say hello to Cool Hand Claudia. Simon, you're back. Great to see you, Connor. And again, if you've got any questions, throw them over into the comment section. I think, like usual, whenever Kevin's on, we have a ton of questions. Okay, and by the way, stay tuned because we've got an incredible, an incredible giveaway today. So this is one of the best giveaways uh, since the podcast started. So anyway, it's just this month of incredible giveaways, isn't it, Kels? Yeah, the last, I think, two weeks we've given away tens of thousands of dollars in value i think yeah yeah but uh anyway stay tuned because it's going to be awesome all right so kelsey you can get out of here sit back relax welcome mr king i can't hear you but i can i can read lips but can our crowd especially on a podcast it helps if i unmute <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> What's up, Norm? How are you doing, man? Long time no see. I think it's been, uh, what, since about 2 a.m.? 
Only finished yeah, a cigar? I, yeah, a couple of cigars. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So first thing I want to talk about, and we're going to get into all that. We got tons of questions right now, and we got a new one that just came in. But um, we had a we had a, an event this weekend, and some of these people that came out to the event I've never met before. I, I think you've met everyone, but uh, anyways, it was a great event. I mean, not only did we get to see what the first uh, spin out in the, I mean, Simon, I know you're an F1 fan. We were right at the first turn when the start of the race happened and uh, Leclerc spun out. We smelt the rubber. But uh, we had a blast, didn't we? Like the whole weekend. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, in the last four days have uh, been really, really cool. We've been spending a lot of time out at the F1 track, uh, hanging out in the cabana, uh, networking with each other, having cigars, having good meals, watching some uh, good concerts. Um, uh, some of us uh, drink a little bit. Some of us uh, ate a lot. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a, a lot of a lot of good uh, good times. Some did both. <laughs> That's true. Some did both. And then a few people uh, got a nap in here or there. Yeah. And even now, what's really cool is that every, this is what I, I love about small events. Everybody bonded. Everybody got together. This wasn't an Amazon event. This was just an event sitting around a campfire and talking shop. And like into the night, 2 a.m. last night, we're still sitting around talking shop about everything, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's that's the it's yeah the the collective mind society is what uh, we do, and it's not it's not a presentations. It's not about come and listen to a bunch of presentations, take a bunch of notes. It's more about just natural. It's like you said, it's bonding. It's having some fun together. Uh, it's sharing bread together, <clears throat> and it, then things naturally come out. Just like last night, at one o'clock in the morning, we're having discussions. Uh, there's uh, three of us, or four of us uh, there. And something comes up about, oh, how you're just naturally in conversation. How do you handle this particular problem uh, in your business? And you were like, oh, I, I, I do. I do this, this and this. And there's this one special app that helps me do what I'm doing. And the, the other three of us were like, wait, wait, what what would you just say, Norm? Back up. And <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. how do you how do you spell that? And, yeah. and then you, you're like, oh, it's this one. Uh, look it up. And you pulled it up on your phone and you, you showed your phone. And then one, uh, you know, everybody's taking pictures of what the URL was so that we could go, you know, those are valuable things that right there could have paid for someone's trip. Just that one thing and the time savings and the, the productivity that's going to come out of that. And that that's what it's all about. It's those natural little things that it's not jam packing days with just a bunch of information, a bunch of a gibberish from uh, someone speaking. It's actually natural things that happen. And then that that's the beauty of it. It's sitting, like you said, it's sitting around that campfire and just, and seeing what comes out and get it, you get enough good people together collectively, uh, their minds start turning and a lot of good things happen as a result. Exactly. So uh, long story short, the event was great, but I really encourage anybody if they can go to an event uh, to go and do so. Like virtual events are awesome. You learn a lot, but breaking bread with people, which we did, you know, we were in, we, we actually had this chef's table at this incredible restaurant. We're all kind of crammed into the back and had an 11 course meal. It was awesome, but um, it is breaking bread and getting to know people. So I think that's bigger than anything because now you're not knowing them at a business level. You're knowing them at a level where, um, uh, you know, you can, you can talk, you can just like, I, again, I didn't know a couple of people that came out. And now they're friends. You know, we're going to be able to join groups and meet up and do whatever. Okay, so let's get into this. We got lots of stuff. We got lots of stuff going on today. And I don't know if, Kelsey, if you want to just uh, start feeding us questions or uh, what would, how would you like to handle this? So I can start off with some of the questions that have been sent sure. in. Um, the first one was from Brian. Uh, he's asking, how do you go about finding the legal requirements for your products labeling? Uh, for instance, his hand sanitizer product or something simple like a Band-Aid? Uh, well, there's there's go, there's agencies, there's there's inspection companies that, that will do that for you. Um, there's actually a directory of those on Amazon, uh, actually on sellercentral.amazon.com. They actually have a directory of a lot of the ones that they recommend. So if you just Google actually to find that, I don't know what that URL is, but if you just Google something like a product uh, 
labeling compliance, uh, sellercentral.amazon.com, it'll, it'll pop up. Um, and that'll give you a list there of, of some companies that you can do. There's also several companies that, that do this as a service uh, out there. Um, some of it you can, you're able to Google yourself, like for hand sanitizer, for example, when we did that, uh, we, it's, we figured out to just by Googling uh, who, who regulates it and it's uh, the FDA. And then we went to the FDA website and they have a search function there where you can actually see what are all the rules and regulations for hand sanitizer. And there were some special ones that happened during the pandemic that they made some special exceptions on, on certain things. And we made sure we're in compliance with that. And then we actually registered. There's a, a company forgetting that, uh, that actually helps you register with the FDA. You pay them a fee and then they check everything for you as well. Check all your labels. Like uh, you send over copies of your labels to them and they, they check it all. Um, it's like, they're like compliance companies. Um, so there's several of those that are out there. But the best source, the easiest is to, to do that Google and find that one on Seller Central uh, and then follow follow those. And they break it down. Like if you're selling um, medical equipment, go to go here. If you're selling, uh, you know, automotive equipment, this is one. Um, that, that's what I would recommend. Yeah, that's right. They brought out that program what, probably about a year ago, maybe a bit longer. And it'll just lay out everything for you. That's I, I agree a hundred percent. That's the best way to start. Okay, great. Uh, the next question. Um, so I, I know being on this podcast that I've heard a lot about hijackers and um, one of our yeah. listeners was asking, what does that mean exactly? Um, can you tell us what exactly is a listing hijacker? Yeah, you hear that a lot. And a lot of people will say their listing got hijacked and it really didn't get hijacked. Um, what people get, people think when they sell on Amazon, um, and that they go to Alibaba and they, they find a product and they, they don't really change it to hardly at all. And they just stick their logo on it and then put it up on Amazon. And then someone else comes right behind them and sells the same thing basically, um, uh, or sells a, a, a version version of that, um, that they're being hijacked. It's kind of a, gets, gets, uh, confused with counterfeiting and sometimes, but, um, that, that's it. That's one thing. Another time someone is referring to hijacking is someone goes in and changes the listing where their listing gets hijacked and they, they change out the pictures, uh, you know, to make them something nasty, perhaps uh, to get you uh, classified into the adult category to get you suspended. Or they go in and they they modify some of your back end keywords or something like that. Uh, that 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 is another way of having your listing hijacked. But uh, a lot of times people are referring to someone's actually selling on the listing. Um, is so it depends on the context, but it could mean one of those two things is what people uh, usually are referring to when they say their listing is hijacked. It's yeah, basically and, someone messing with your with your with your hard work of creating creating the listing uh, and or finding the product and basically taking advantage, kind of writing your coattails and taking advantage or trying to to screw with you. I think that sums it up. Okay, and our next one is from Connor. Uh, it's a question on the PPC. Should I keep low, uh, low converting keywords on super low bids for ranking purposes or drop those from campaigns and focus on high converting keywords only? Um, there's different schools of thought on this one. Uh, some people would say drop them. Some people would say keep them. Um, if they're converting, if they're not converting, definitely drop them. But if they're, if they're low converting by that, I'm assuming you mean like a, you know, very low percentage, maybe high converting might be you're getting 10, 20% conversion rates or something. And a low converting might be a couple points, so like one to 5% or something. Um, I, I don't see any harm as long as it's, it's, it's your tacos is, is reasonable and, and in line with whatever your target is on that. I don't see any reason in keeping that going just for, for the ranking purposes of ranking, because the algorithm does favor. Nobody knows for sh sure, but it does favor if you're running PPC, some people say it might give you a, a couple positions bump, um, but nobody knows that for sure. That's just a, a kind of a, a common uh, running uh, old wi uh, wives tale or something that, that that's what happens. But uh, I don't think it hurts as long as your tacos is not is, is in line with what your targets are. Uh, you know, it may be a worse tacos than those high converting ones, but as long as it's you know below the whatever threshold you've set that that's reasonable for and profitable for you, then I don't see any problem in continuing All right. So thank you for the question, Connor. And we'll move on to the next one with Simon. Uh, 
support Amazon PPC, what is the best practice to manage, monitor, and measure campaigns and campaign adjustments? Uh, that that's a too open-ended question. Um, I don't like the word best. Number one, I don't like the word best practice. Um, best practice is is a horrible word. There is no such thing as best practice. Best practice is corporate bullshit. Um, every situation is different, and you got to tailor things to to your situation. Um, I mean, I can give you an example, like why I say bet there's no best practices. You know, in, in, in doing webinars, there's webinars if you want to sell something. You know, say you're selling a, a course to sell on Amazon. There's a certain thing that actually works to 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 sell people a course on Amazon. If I'm if I'm selling somebody a you know five thousand dollar course on Amazon, if I go by best practices for webinars, <clears throat> that's going to be make it a forty five minute webinar with a fifteen minute Q and A. But that, I could tell you that's not going to sell anybody a five thousand uh, dollar course. Uh, there's going to be zero buys off of that. So you don't always, best practices when you hear that from anybody out there when it relates to PPC, ignore it um, because every situation is different, uh, and you, you've got to tailor it to, to your product, your cost structure, uh, your your competitiveness uh, of the the keywords. There's so many variables in there. Uh, so throw out best practice, but but the the key on PPC is to determine a taco, so total advertising cost of sale. That's not a cost. You add a T to the beginning of a cost and to get tacos, and that's your total, what you're willing to spend off of every product you sell, whether it came from AMP, from a PPC sale or whether it came from an organic sale, you're assigning a value to every, you're, you're saying everything I, that I sell, 10% of the cost, uh, I mean of the, uh, the price, I assign to advertising. So if I'm selling my products for $19.95, 10% that's basically two bucks. So for every product that I sell, whether I ran an ad or not, whether someone just, whether my mom went and bought it, if my mom went and bought it because I told her, hey, go to my Amazon page and buy it, I'm still on my in my head, I'm thinking that cost me $2 in advertising. That's tacos, it's, it's, it's your advertising cost spread across all your sales, not just your advertising sales. And, and that number you wanna shoot for about 10%. So that's, to get that number, now when you first launch your product, that number, <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, that number should be will probably be a lot higher because you're trying to get position. You're trying to prove you're doing prove your product. You're, you're doing some testing. You don't have the reviews yet to support higher conversion rates, and so that that probably will be higher. But over time, over about a six month period, uh, you want to make sure that's that's going down and ideally get that below ten percent, and and then that would be uh, so everything you're doing to monitor, measure, manage should be geared towards that. And it's just like we talked about earlier, what do you do with uh, high converting or low converting keywords? That would be part of it. Which keywords are you actually going after? Which ones did you, can you figure, you figured out this is just impossible for me to rank on? Go and use data dive or something like that to see where the opportunities are, where people are missing and, and go after those, uh, a little more low lying fruit, that type of thing. So there's, there's a lot to it. All right. And uh, one of the things I just wanted to throw in there was that the uh, a lot of people you hear talking about ACOS and keeping your ACOS at around 20% or so. And when you hear that, just turn off, like just go somewhere else, listen to something else. Because 20%, I've had ACOS in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and I'm experimenting, I'm playing around. And as long as that tacos is in line, then I'm fine. And like you were saying, Kevin, it, it might go up, it might fluctuate, but you're experimenting with, you know, different types of keywords or, you know, doing whatever. But as long as the tacos is in, you know, yeah, 10%, 12, maybe a little higher, uh, I mean, that that's fine. And that is your main number you want to take a look at. All right. So I also want to give a big, big happy birthday to a beloved beard uh nation member uh it's marsha reese's birthday today so happy oh, birthday marsha hope you enjoyed the weekend and uh enjoyed some cake too and um and we'll jump into another question so we're getting tons of questions coming in right now so we'll try to get to everyone but let's see um from claudia uh what is your formula to decide how many units to order for your first order of a product you've never sold before what factors do you take in to account when forecasting your first order for new products 
Yeah, the the formula for that it's in <clears throat> there's there's a, a spreadsheet in Freedom Ticket. So if you're a Helium Ten member at any level, uh, you get Freedom Ticket for free. So if you have access to the Helium Ten software, I would go into Freedom Ticket, and one of the modules on there is actually all about that. And there's there's a formula there. I, so I, I don't want to go through that here, but I'll, I'll talk about the second part of the question. What some of the factors that you take in. Um, some of the factors that you're going to have to take in is what what are you projecting to sell? So when you first launch your product, where what kind of budget do you have to actually promote this? What are you doing to market? What kind of influencer stuff are you doing? What kind of outside traffic are you doing? How much is your budget for PPC? That's going to have a factor on, on, on how fast you're going to ramp up. And so I, I like to say, I like to know that I have 90 days worth of inventory. Uh, so, it, on the on most cases, some products may take longer than that. But what it, there's there's a formula in the Freedom Ticket that actually I don't remember it off the top of my head right now, but it, it actually guides you through how many days does it take to actually make the product, how many days does it take to get it in, uh, how many day um, how many units are you expecting to sell per month, and that's a that's a guess. And usually, what I shoot for is somewhere between position three and eight. So I'll take a look on Helium Ten of the, the all the relevant products for me. So I'll do like an X ray. And I'll sort sort the X-ray by by sales per day, not by dollars uh, or not by position, but by sell units sold per day. And then I'll eliminate all the ones that are really not relevant, not my competition. And they're they're if I'm selling a aluminum baseball bat for left-handed batters, um, I'm going to eliminate all the wood bats that just say wood bats, or they're not targeting left-handed batters because I'm targeting left-handed batters. And I'm going to then see what are their sales by units, and I'm going to put. I'm going to say, I think I can get, you know, to position four, how many units is position four going to sell? Uh, and that's, that's what I usually will base it on and then multiply that out by 90 day or however long, how many, however much inventory you're, you're ordering, but usually it's 90 days for me. And, and that, that will tell me that that's a baseline. Then if I'm doing any promotions or I need some for influencers, I'm going to add more on top of that. So I might say, hey, I need 100 extra units because I'm going to be sending them out to influencers or I'm going to be doing a Vine program. I need 30 or 60 more for that. So I add those on top uh, to, to that number. And that those are some of the biggest things that I, I take into account. And then you have to look at fact, you know, is it Chinese New Year coming up or, or uh, those kinds of things? Um, is, is that going to delay, delay things? So. Uh, yeah. any kind of holidays, any kind of seasonality that comes in. Um, but there, there's a, I, I refer you just to, to free. I'm not, you know, freedom tickets free. I'm not selling a course or anything, but to go to freedom ticket and there's a whole module that outlines an entire formula on that for you and sp with a spreadsheet and everything. Yeah. The other thing that could mess you up, not right now, but you know, back in July, if you were ordering, if you didn't take a look at your numbers properly, they might look a lot lower than what they would be right now. So if you're launching, like we're launching some products, we launched some products ago and we had to take a consideration the time of year because the numbers that we saw prior, um, I think they'll dwarf going into uh, right now. So what we've done is we've ordered about two and a half times what we normally would um, and it might even be more. But if you go off of those numbers, you'll easily, easily run out of inventory. So seasonality is very important. Oh, and by okay. the way, when you're ordering your products, that's something else that we've got to talk about, Kevin, because when you're ordering the product, you mentioned Chinese New Year's, but, the, you know, the whole supply chain issue, there's all sorts of things that are happening. You got stuck in Chicago last year, right, for almost a year paying storage and everything um, for product because of supply chain issues. But that's something else that we have to think about when we're ordering or doing a new launch, especially when it's coming over from overseas. Yeah, that's yeah. Supply chain, supply chain uh, fluctuations are another big thing. I mean, those mo a lot of those have, uh, <clears throat> at least from on the shipping lanes, have sorted out now. Shipping prices have come way down. Uh, they they've got a lot of that congestion out. You're still having issues at factories and, and raw material yeah. problems, uh, but the the time on the sea, which was the big problem for a while there, and the time in the ports, ships waiting off the the coast, most of that is all worked itself out now and, and the prices have all come down, but you still have a lot of raw materials issues and you have China is still locking down cities. Uh, you know, they get two people get COVID and they lock a whole city down. It seems um, right now. And, and that can affect a lot of things. 
as well. Uh, you know, there's a there's a anything that's electronic, you know, that has uh, chips in it uh, is having issues right now. Um, anything that uh, was affected by like the war in Ukraine, uh, you know, there's there's lots of little parts and little metal pieces, and Ukraine was is a, a big. Uh, a big country making lots of small little parts, especially for automakers and stuff that, you know, they're making some of the electronics parts for like Porsche, for example. Uh, and that that's delaying things. So you got to look at those kinds of things too and factor that in, which may mean you need to raise your order to have a little bit more of a buffer. And how much do you have to raise it? That It's a guessing game. A lot of times it's, you don't, you don't know what's going to actually happen. So it's going to be a finite, uh, you know, how deep are your pockets and what are, what risk level are you willing to take? And then, then doing your best guess. All right. Next question, Kelsey. Okay. Uh, following up on that uh, from Tony, do you ever try small quantities like a hundred to 300 to test a new product? Never. I think, that, I, I think that's, I think that's a fool's game. And that, that's my opinion. You'll see, you'll see people say that on online and you may hear someone that's successful doing that. Uh, but I would if you hear someone preaching that, I would like to see their books and their numbers. Um, <clears throat> what you do when you do a test 100 to 300 is you're you're basically sh you're doing that for everybody else because if you're successful, everybody else that's that's watching X-ray or one of these other tools uh, is going to see it, and you're just inviting your competition. In my opinion, the only time now there is an exception to this rule. The only time I would do any kind of test of 100 to 300. Is that it's something that's not sold on Amazon? It's never been sold on Amazon. You know, there's you you found some village in the deep mountains of Costa Rica where this person makes this incredible, I don't know, quilt that um, that I, I don't know does you know that talks like a parrot or something. I don't know something crazy. You know, that just doesn't. I'm making this up. Just doesn't exist on the market. Then maybe buy a hundred of them or three hundred of them to test it and just see um, and be prepared to go after that. But what if it works? So if you buy hundred to 300, what, what, you got to make sure the capacity is there after the fact, you know, uh, there's a, a problem with, um, yeah, I'll tell you a little story about that. Like in 2000, was it 2009, I believe, or 2008, two, no, 2009, sorry, 2009, I went to Morocco, the country of Morocco in Northern Africa. And that, just as a tourist and I was traveling around in Northern, Af in Northern Africa, and I, my guy took me to this one little village and inside this little hut, there were about 20 women sitting, sitting on the floor with a little bowl in front of them uh, and a little, like a little hammer type of thing, banging on these nuts, the, these like nuts, just banging on these things like as hard as they could. And every time they would bang, a little tiny amount of, of, of like liquid would, would, would come out. I'm like, what the heck is this? And, and they're like, this is Moroccan oil. This is like, this is what all the women in Morocco Morocco use to put in their hair and just look at their hair, how, how lustrous it looks and look at their skin. They use this stuff to stay young. I'm like, um, you know, over here in the gift shop, you can actually, you can actually buy some and that they, they make and they're, they're beating these, these nuts that fall off this special tree that's only found in Morocco. And there's one other place in the world that has it. And what happens is these goats go up and grab these nuts off the leaves of the tree. They, the goats stand on their hind legs and like reach up and grab these nuts then they shit them out. And when they shit them out, um, they actually go and grab them, uh, and that's what they break. Uh, so if you're using Moroccan oil, you're using something that was shit out by a goat. Uh, but then they break these to get the, the get the actual oil, and, and that's what they were using. So I went into to the store. I was like, "Holy shit, this is an opportunity." This is before I was doing, you know, FBA existed. I was like, "This is a massive opportunity here," um, and this is before it existed out there in the rest of the world, uh, where it became a hot hot thing. And so I went. And came back and uh, me and my business partner, Mark, were like, dude, we got to get on this. And so we took another trip back over there for the purpose of, of finding supply chain and, and talking to people. And we found some people that could make it. We went to factories. We went to suppliers. And then we came back and we ran numbers. And we're like, back then, this is before Amazon FBA really existed. And we were like, we're going to do infomercials. So we put together a whole budget to do infomercials on television. And we ran our numbers. And we're like, this is what we need just for a basic test. And what happened is the supplier said, we can't supply that much. We can only give you, I don't remember what the numbers were. We need a hundred barrels of this stuff. I'm like we can only supply 15. And we're like, that, that's just not going to work. Um, uh, we 50, it's not worth us doing this. So we had to back off, off of the entire project. Well then about two years later, it exploded and became like the hottest thing in the beauty industry. And so we were kicking ourselves after that. But 
that that's what that's an example of where you got to look at you know supply chain and, and availability can mess with you and it could cost you opportunities or it can create opportunities okay well hold it Kels. we're right at the bottom of the hour so let's uh talk a bit about today's giveaway so today um we have a great giveaway mr king why don't you talk a little bit about it um yeah sure so uh what i'm happy to do today is give someone a free ticket to the next billion dollar seller summit the virtual one now i've done six billion dollar seller summits four of them have been in person and two of them are virtual so you don't even have to leave your house you can do that from anywhere in the world the next one's coming up in uh, february february 22nd and 23rd i believe it is so we're still a few months out but it it's a it's a great event it's not uh like a lot of these other uh um you know, set virtual things that you might do. It's live, so none of the presentations are pre-recorded. Everything is live. We use a special software called Hopin that actually creates like a, a all these cool little lounges and cool little little. It's, got, it's almost like being at a, an event in person. It's it's really really cool. People always always love it. So it's it's a it's a great experience. It's a two day event. Some of the best of the best will be speaking at it. Uh, and I w- would like to give away a free ticket to that. So it's a $1,497 value. So the tickets cost $1,497. They'll go on sale to the public in January. But someone today on the Wheel of Kelsey is going to actually win a ticket for free. So you'll be able to come to, the, to that event virtually from anywhere in the world uh, totally for free in February. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so another great giveaway. This is... Uh... One you don't want to miss, like I always say, when uh, Kevin's Billion Dollar Seller Summit, whether it's virtual or in live, um, it's it's one of the top in the world. So hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, tag two people, and you will get a second entry. Now, before we go any further, uh, Kelsey, we could just have a word from our sponsor. I want to give a quick shout out to an incredible group of sponsors who help keep our podcast running. The Lunch with Norm podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of the following sponsors. Post Purchase Pro, Clear Ads, Goldstein Patent Law, Honu Worldwide, Netfluence.co, Video Telepathy, Startup Club, and Dragonfish Brand Management. I just want to let our sponsors know, you're awesome. Now let's get back to the show. All right, before we get to the next question, the, the most important thing that happened this weekend was, uh, I don't know if this is something we should never do again or we should do it all the time. Uh, we had uh, something I've never heard of before, and uh, we'll be posting it in, in uh, lunch with, with a group. But it's, I don't know if you guys have heard of this. It's this one-chip challenge. Anyways, my two kids, Howard Ty. And um, uh, Corin got in there. Uh, you want to tell a little bit about what happened? <laughs> yeah. So on Saturday, uh, after the race uh, finished, and while we were waiting around to uh, for the Ed Sharon concert to start uh, in our in our little cabana, we decided to have a little contest because uh, some some guys, you know, some of the food at the event was a little bit spicy, and people were like, oh, I love spicy. I can eat spicy. Uh, and we're like, well, let's, let's put this to the test. So there's something called the one chip challenge. You can Google it where you buy a little box and it's got one chip, one like potato chip, kind of like a tortilla chip basically inside. And, and the, the goal is you eat that chip and you see who can last the longest without taking a drink or without eating something. And this chip is super spicy. Um, well, they say it's super spicy and I thought it was spicier than what it was. But we decided to have a little contest and see who who was um, who who was who had who could last the longest. And so we we put a cash prize on it, of uh, and we said, hey, whoever is the last one to take a drink or eat something to you know get this heat out, out of your mouth, will will give you the cash prize. So four people decided to do it out of our group of twelve, and they all ate the chip. And, you know, they, they, they said, yeah, it's, my mouth is a little bit hot. And, but, you know, a few tears were coming out just a natural, but ah, this is no big deal. Uh, and after about 10 minutes or so, nobody had taken a drink. Nobody had uh, eaten anything. They're like, yeah, this is not too bad. Yeah, I feel it a little bit, a little burning. And, um, and so I was like, well, shoot, maybe this thing is not as hot as we thought it was. Let's up the game. So we're like, all right, we're going to double the price. If you take a second chip and you win, 
We're going to double the prize money. You'll get double the prize money. So <clears throat> two people, Norm's sons, uh, Hayden and Kelsey, actually took the second ship. And Norm had stepped away to, to grab a drink or to grab something uh, from the snack bar. And when he came back, he's like, what's going on? Oh, no, no, no. My, my kids, my kids, they just took another. No, no, you didn't. Why did you do another one? Because the night before, Norm had, had considered, we talked about the day before that we might do this. And so he Googled it to see what the heck this thing was. And he saw all the reviews, like on Amazon, of people saying, I ended up in the hospital. Uh, or, uh, you know, this thing burned my mouth or whatever. Norm's like, heck no, I'm not participating. And then his kids, he comes back, steps away for a minute and comes back and sees that they just took a second one. So he's like freaking out a little bit like, oh, my God, I hope I'm not having to rush to the ER tonight. Uh, we got a concert to go to. And so the guys, all four of them just sat there like, no, no big deal. Uh, you know, I feel a little bit now. It's kind of moving down my esophagus, moving into my, uh, you know, but no, no big deal. I think we got this. And they lasted an hour, all of them. All four of them lasted an hour without taking a, a drink or, or eating anything to, to get rid of the, the heat. Well, when that hour kicked in, uh, it's time to go to the concert. So we're all we a little transportation, a little buggy that took us over to the concert. By the time we got to the concert, two of them were in severe pain, were just like bent over. One of these guys was a big old guy, ex-football player. He was like bent over on the ground. And he said he just wanted to curl up like a baby. Uh, and this, this pepper, the, the, the spice had worked its way down into their stomach and it was just an excruciating pain. Uh, and he said, actually the next, uh, uh, later that day, I think it was, uh, no, when he went, when he got home that night, he, he went to the bathroom to take a pee and he said he actually felt it when he took a pee coming out, coming out of his, you know, the parts where you take a pee and that's how strong this pepper was. He said, never again will I do this. Uh, so that was a that was a, a pretty interesting uh, thing. I, I don't know Hayden or Kelsey. I don't know if you ever want to do that again or not. Uh, but I've got I've got four more of the boxes. If, if you want to go another round, you know what? I, I think I'm okay, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, but uh, I'll take this. I'll step away. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> oh, Norm, you're on mute. We do have video of Kelsey Hayden. Um, sitting together, Kelsey is breaking out in sweat, like breaking out in sweat. He's in pain, and he's crying, like tears are coming down. While Ed Sheeran is singing in the background, and he looks like he's 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 uh, wording Ed Sheeran's uh, uh, lyrics while he's crying. I just thought, you know, it just touched a part of your heart, but um, <laughs> it wasn't that he was in severe pain. All right, Kelsey, yeah, let's get back it's to the questions. But anyways, yes, uh, who won the money? That's a good question, Claudia. This guy did. Me and my brother, actually. <laughs> we uh, spent the money because uh, we, we both ate the two chips. Um, but, so, okay, uh, yeah. So, so just one last thing, and we'll get to the question. So three people went down for the count. At the end of the concert, we're looking for my other son, who's looking for a medic because he's he's down for the count. So, uh, anyways, yeah, this one chip challenge. Be very careful. It doesn't, it doesn't kick in until a little bit later on, and even the next day during the race, they were feeling it. Yeah, this is okay. a good promo for your event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, Everyone uh, in excruciating pain. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, join the join the fraternity, <laughs> the brotherhood. Oh. Right. Okay, uh, let's see. Next question. Um, this one's from Kurt. If you want to be on top of search, do you do this only with the keywords of your performance campaign in Seller Central? And what about settings or bit optimization in Atomic? Uh, say your campaign is set at 30%. Do you change your target value? Yeah, I don't use Atomic, so I can't advise you um, on the settings for Atomic, unfortunately. So I, I don't, I manually do my stuff. Um, so I don't, I don't use Atomic. Uh, so I, I don't have an answer on 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 that one. Yeah, I, I'm the and same. You're the same. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. This one is more on the mindset uh, from Simon. Selling on Amazon is so goddamn frustrating. So many levers to pull and buttons to press. How do you stop yourself from going stir crazy and stay on track? Yeah. The the problem with um, we're actually talking about this a little bit uh, last night the problem with selling on amazon right now is it's actually 
it's sold to a lot of people as it's, it's as being easy. You see a webinar, you see a YouTube video or someone and yeah, <clears throat> this is pretty easy. Just buy something for two bucks, sell it for 20. Look at all this profit. Uh, look at all these vacations. Look at all this freedom of me traveling around the world. It, it, it looks easy. Selling on Amazon is not easy. Uh, it's, it's not easy. And you have to know a lot. You have to know stuff about marketing. You have to know stuff about product sourcing. You have to know stuff about logistics. You have to know stuff about advertising. You have to know stuff about inventory control. You have to know stuff about um, hiring and working with people. You have to know stuff about ranking. Uh, you have to know stuff about compliance and what regulations there are. You have to know accounting. You have, uh, th there's, there's a lot uh, to it. And any, any one of those, you can have a hiccup and something go wrong that can make you want to pull your hair out. And people make it look like it's easy. It's not easy. It, it, this is not easy and it's, it's actually harder now than it's ever been because there's big brands and big money involved. There's serious players in there and it's much more difficult for the small guy right now to, to, to make it, uh, to be honest, is it a bad opportunity? No, it's still the best opportunity out there. Selling on Amazon is still incredible, uh, but it, it, you have to come in and it's a, it's a real business. It's not a get rich quick thing. It's not a quit your job in two months because you're selling on Amazon and, and making a million, it, it, it's, it's difficult. And it takes to really grow, it takes deep resources, good, con, good networking connections and, and money, uh, or at least a combination, uh, some sort of combination of those. If you don't have that, and then it takes a skill set. You look at these aggregators that, that came out, you know, 100, 100 plus aggregators popped up in the last couple of years. Most of them are struggling right now. Uh, and you're gonna see consolidation, some of them are going out of business. A few of them were going to survive and be stronger, but those guys, they actually, when they started hiring or uh, started buying uh, companies, they were like, well, <clears throat> it's going to be easier to hire people to run these businesses. Well, we got some guy that just graduated his MBA from Harvard. Uh, he can come in and run this business. He failed. He didn't know what he's doing. They, uh, they, they thought they could hire the people that they're buying the businesses from. In some cases, they can. But in most cases, uh, those people don't want to go work corporate. They don't want the whole point of them doing this was they want that freedom and that want that independence. They don't want to go work for some big company. So they had a hard time finding very many people that would actually do that other than maybe their their commitment when they got bought. They have to stay on for three months to help them out or something. Um, and they're struggling to find people that actually know how to do this. Uh, and actually, it, it's not easy. And that's what that's a misconception. So the, the thing is, to if you if you're into this and you're in knee deep, <laughs> just keep plugging away and learning as much as you can. Go to a few events if you can afford it to network with other people and they can talk your language. You know, a lot of times people don't get out and they don't get around other people that are doing the same thing, that have these same experiences. And that can be that can help as much as anything you learn in a presentation. Sometimes it's just being around other people that are going through what you have or that have the same kind of thinking and mindset as you, because talking to your to your parents or talking to your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife or your friends, they just look at you like, what this crazy stuff? I don't understand. You're, you're selling stuff on Amazon. How, how does that work? I don't, I don't get it. They don't, they don't understand. So that, that's some of the things that you can do. Um, but in some of it, you got to wear a lot of hats, you know, until you can afford to hire experienced people or, or learn it yourself and then train up other people. Um, you're going to have to wear a lot of different hats. And, and I still, to this day, in some of my businesses, some of it's by choice, but I still wear multiple. One of my businesses, um, you know, I, three of my businesses, I have three PLs. You know, the stuff goes into the three PL, it gets shipped out. I never, I never really touch anything. The uh, the other business, I'm still the guy down in my garage, actually putting the stuff in the boxes by choice. Uh, and some of that is to keep me myself close to that that side of the fulfillment and understanding how ship station and all that stuff works. So then I can then communicate, and it's come in handy uh, to when I've had problems with my 3PL, like they tell me they can't do something. Yes, you can. Uh, in ship station, you do this, 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 and this. Oh, we didn't actually know that. But I knew that because I'm keeping my hands dirty a little bit. It's kind of like the, uh, the executive that, uh, you know, at, uh, at one of the big companies uh, that, you know, what's that TV show, Hidden Boss or some Undercover oh, Boss yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, where they go in, they actually work the front lines. And so they, they can relate. Uh, so I, I do some of that on purpose. Um, but it, it, it's a, it's a difficult business. It can be a very lucrative business, a very rewarding business, but it's a difficult business. And there's always some, some curveball coming your way with Amazon making changes or somebody messing with you or new competitors coming in or supply chain problems. It, it, it's a problem solving business. Yeah. Just to add to that, you go out and if you're thinking that you're just going to be 
going and um, taking a course. So you go and take freedom ticket and you think that's it. it. It's, I don't know if anybody's ever done martial arts, but you know, you've got your white belt and you think, Oh, I've finished my, my class and now I'm, I'm a black belt. Well, what they say is that's where the learning begins. So now you have to learn all these other things, all these other steps. And um, I don't know about uh, Kevin, but for me, I can't be an expert in everything. So I've, I have, I know at some point I've got to have a Facebook ads expert or some other type of expert. And you go in and you start hiring other people to do that because I like to know this much of it. You know, if I can understand it, like Kevin said with the ship station, he's on it. But if I understand the process, then I can't get the wool pulled over my eyes when somebody's trying to quote me on something. So anyways, uh, it is tougher, but don't be discouraged because uh, if you're on it, then you'll know 10 times more than anybody else. Okay, so... We still have lots of questions coming in. Um, I do want to just take a pause and remind everyone that we have our Wheel of Kelsey. Um, so if you're new to the channel, we do this giveaway every single podcast. So if you write- I do have a call hashtag, at the top of the hour too, guys, just a reminder too. So whatever questions we need to get in, we should do. Yep. Okay, great. Um, so hashtag Wheel of Kelsey to win a free virtual ticket to a virtual billion dollar, dollar seller summit. If you take two people, you'll get an extra entry. And we'll jump into another question. Uh, let me see, answer that one. Uh, oh, we have one from Darwin here, just a second. Uh, I have a new second account with a new product. I expect to sell a ton, but my first shipment into Amazon is only allowing a 25 CB of storage and standard. Turns out to be only 36 units. How can I increase this? You can actually, um... Well, since it's a brand new product, it might be a little bit difficult. It'd be it'd be great if you had a little bit of history, but you could actually there there's a there's an email address where you can write in. Um, let me uh, see if I can find it for you real quick. If you make a case, so if you write if you send an email to this particular uh, uh, email address, let me oops, peace. Yeah, let me get here. It is. Um, we actually shared shared this in the uh, BDSS. Um, <clears throat> the email address. Oops, that's not it. But you write into this particular email address and you lay out say say hey, um, I'm restricted to my to 36 units right now, but I have whatever 100. I don't know what your number was. Um, and I have a, I have 100 units that I need to send in. I'm doing a big promotion on Instagram with uh, these big influencers. Even if you BS a little bit in there. Uh, that, that have uh, 2 million followers and we're doing this whole campaign. I really would like to be able to sell these, um, something along those lines. Um, and could you please uh, temporarily uh, or increase my, my storage limit so that I can actually ship these in. And if you send it to this one particular email address, it usually works. You might have to send it twice. If you get a no the first time, just reword the letter, letter and send it in again. But let me see if I can find that address real quick for you. Um, I'm looking on my computer. Okay. So while Kevin's looking for that, is there anything else that uh, we have there, Kels? Yeah, let me see. Um, uh, this one, okay, this one I think might be a little controversial, but uh, from Spring Signals, I'm a beginner uh, starting Starting on Amazon FBA with 3.5K, what kind of product should I sell? Well, um, is that is that enough? 3.5K is going to be difficult. It, um, three, 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 it, it, that's a pretty low number. Um, so you're going to need to find something that's that's not competitive. Um, number one, don't go into anything that's super competitive right now with with that with that number. Um, you need to find the product that you need to sell. You need to in these, if you have three and a half uh, K, you need to it, divide that by 2.5. So three and a half K divided by 2.5 is what about 50, uh, about 1700, uh, what's that about 17, uh, 1500 or so, um, rough, uh, 1400. 
I'm just doing this top of my head. So you need to find a product that you can buy your entire inventory, including the shipping, and get it into Amazon for $1,400. That's that's what you need to do. Don't spend all 3.5K on your first product. Because if you're successful, the reason for that is if you're successful, you're going to have to place a second order with the factory uh, and spend another 1.4K before you get paid, most likely from Amazon. So you're going to need that money sitting there in the bank. And then you're going to need a little bit of money for advertising and maybe a software tool or two, a few other things. So that's my rule is take your, uh, the amount of money that you have and divide it by 2.5. And so you need to look, be looking only at products where you can get into it, including the shipping. This is, going, this is where it's hard for $1,400 in your case, in your particular case. So that means you're probably going to need to find stuff that you can buy for about a dollar um, or two, or a dollar or two. And so stuff that you're not going to have to buy 2,000 of. So it's going to be a very deep, um, niche-down product, something that's probably only selling, you know, you're expecting to sell five units a day or 10 units a day, nothing that's going to be gangbusters off to the races. And that's where you're going to need to start. And there's nothing wrong with starting there. Uh, you'll, you'll learn the systems. You'll learn how everything works. And if you're successful, then you'll have the money to, to grow it, and then you'll start knowing what to do, and you'll be able to be turning cash and you'll in the next product maybe you'll have some profits off of this one if you got good margins if you're buying it for two bucks and selling it for 20 and it's a niche down product where you don't have to do a lot of advertising to 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 really move the needle you'll you'll start generating some cash flow and you'll start generating some relationships with that factory where you might be able to come back and do a second product that you know might have like a 10k uh starting investment uh by rolling your profits and by maybe getting some sort of concessions from your supplier and you can build. It's going to be a slow process and going to take you years probably to build that up, uh, but it can be done. Uh, but that's the number one thing is don't is the amount of money you have to invest dictates what kind of products you should sell. So just on, on that, Kevin, um, I've dealt with a lot of different clients in the past, smaller clients is getting into it. And when they've come to me with a budget like that, uh, maybe 5,000 bucks, especially nowadays, um, a lot of those people um, just don't have the cash flow and they don't realize the cash flow. I know you mentioned it, but that second order um, could kill you. And just from my end, this isn't from Kevin's end. From my end, I usually say that if you have you know, $3,500, $5,000 in today's environment, be very careful. I would probably suggest saving your money and waiting till you can really jump in because right now I know a lot of people who have gone into the markets. I don't know about you, Kev, but there's a lot of people that go in underfinanced and they just never, they lose it. They just never get to compete. Even some people go in with that and they're successful, but they end up losing because they run out of stock. They come yeah. in and they sell $3,500 and like, Holy cow, I'm selling a hundred a day. I, I hit the mother load here and they run out of stock and then they're they're because they don't have the money to 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 get the next order, and they're scrambling around calling all their uncles and and their buddies saying, "Hey, can I borrow some money?" Or they're trying to get another credit card or something. In the meantime, everybody else is on X-ray looking and seeing what you just did, and they're like, they're jumping on it, and they have deeper pockets. And by the time you come back in stock, there's 20 other people selling the exact same thing, and you're dead in the yeah. water. And you're and when you run out of stock for a long period of time, you're basically starting over. So all the efforts that you did for promotions or Vine reviews or PPC or getting influencers or whatever you did is basically wasted. Okay. All right, Kels, do we have one last question and then we'll uh, get to the wheel. Um, yeah, it'll have to be quick. Um, from Dick, currently selling in UK and launching in the US next month, looking to source my products, cosmetics in Mexico. Where do I start? Are there sourcing websites, groups, companies that focus on Mexico? That's a question for Norm. All right. And yes, there is. Uh, Kelsey, we've got uh, two sourcing agents that uh, we've been working with. I don't know if you can post it in the group. Um, and they've uh, one has been on the podcast before. And maybe you can put the uh, link right into the uh, chat here. And uh, uh, they are very diverse. Uh, I saw another comment that came up or talking about Mexico what you can get outside of uh, what we were talking about earlier, if we've sourced anything. And yes, there's all sorts of things that uh, have been going on in Mexico. Uh, EVA foams, 
uh, one of the things I didn't talk about uh, from the event that we did were the, the companies that were even uh, making not knockoffs, but similar to Crocs, uh, barbecues, uh, you name it, um, plastics, way beyond what I, I thought would be coming out of um, uh, uh, Mexico right now. But anyways, we'll put that uh, podcast in there. And oh, yeah, you did. Okay, so good, Omar. And uh, he's a person to get in touch with. He'll go out, he'll source everything. You don't have to touch anything. And um, he's got great um, connections with a ton of um, uh, suppliers. Also, Greg Reynolds. He's not been on the podcast yet. I'm trying to get him on. But Greg, uh, I think it's he owns Source Mexico, I think. Um, anyways, he's another really great guy to contact. So he owns a uh, Zon support, but he, his offices are in Mexico. And I think that's it. Let's, uh, let's pop over and do the wheel of Kelsey. Okay, here we go. And Kevin, if you need to pop out at any time, um, no problem. Yeah, I'm, uh, I need to, I need to hop out in just about two minutes. Okay. All, All right. right. So. Yeah, we'll do the Wheel of Kelsey. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for entering today's Wheel of Kelsey. Uh, we do this every single podcast. I'll shuffle these names up and give it a spin. If you are the winner, please email me, k at lunchwithnorm.com. And I'll connect you with the prize. For it looks 14, like the winner is ticket. Who got Claudia? Claudia. Ah, perfect. All right, Claudia. Congratulations. That. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's been uh, trying to get her Amazon listings up and going. She's a Canadian, uh, and uh, I think that's going to be perfect for you, Claudia. So, congrats. congrats. All right, Kevin. I know you got to go, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Um, and uh, uh, have a great uh, rest of your week. All right. We'll see you later. Right. Cigars we'll see you later. later on. That's right. Later on today. <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. All right. See ya. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, we're hopefully going to do a lot more of those. Just ask me anything podcast. Um, anyway, I'm glad Kevin had a chance. He was away from his business for a few days, uh, you know, from this Formula One event that we had. Uh, but back to business today. So thank you, everybody. Kelsey, uh, if you want to come in and say anything. Okay. Uh, we're going to throw it over to the sponsor, and then we can uh, wrap things up. Right. A big thank you to our sponsor, Post Purchase Pro, the only complete A to Z done-for-you real email and text marketing service built specifically for Amazon sellers. My friends, Sean Hart and Seth Stevens, co-founded Post Purchase Pro after launching over a thousand successful private labeled products, growing 53 brands, and get this, exiting 17 businesses. Post Purchase Pro creates all of your digital assets 100% for you from marketing inserts, complete sales funnels, email follow-up sequences, and weekly email promotions. They manage and optimize everything for you to drive more sales, get higher ranking, and receive more reviews on Amazon. So check out Post Purchase Pro now to see if you too will see enormous growth like their nearly 500 clients worldwide. That's Post Purchase Pro at postpurchasepro.com slash lunch. Okay, we're back. What do you have to say, Kells? All right, so hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. It's been a while since we got Kevin on, so glad this worked out. Um, I do want to mention that Friday we have uh, a special episode. It's our Trash My Product episode uh, happening. Or Yeah, Trash My Product. Um, so we've got three people uh, who sent in their products where we've got to see them, um, and we're going to go through and take a look and give our honest advice and um, what we think of it going through the customer journey and uh, taking a look at their listings and um, yeah kind of do like a, a little audit for them and so check it out I'm sure uh, you'll learn something even if it's not your product um, and even today I checked my email and I got a bunch more uh, inquiries so looks like this might be a little po this might be popular so 
Um, yeah, looking I, forward I to that. A, today, I got seven. Today. Wow. So, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, just letting everybody know. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, we're going to be heading back. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll just be getting back on Wednesday before we get to the uh, podcast. So, uh, yeah, join us Wednesday. Uh, yeah, it, uh, oh, it was a late night. Anyway, join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. And thank you for being part of the community. You guys are all awesome. And please don't forget to join the Facebook group. We're going to be posting some really fun pictures of Kelsey sweating it up. Um, many pictures of Kelsey. Uh, <laughs> but, it, you know, I'm, I'm his dad. I can do that. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Entrepreneur, entrepreneur, entrepreneur.